Support Black Podcast. What happens when two HBCU graduates get together with their differing points of view to create a podcast? You get On My Grown, where two millennials come together to discuss the confusion, the struggles, and the comedy that comes with adjusting to adulthood. Discussing everything from corporate America to dating to keeping a little change in their pocket. Check out Rodney and Melanie every week on On My Grown, the podcast. Available on onmygrown.com, SoundCloud, and any place that you find podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. Once again to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I'm your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on G-Town Radio. And I am joined as always. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple of Black Tribbles fame. And on this stop, we are going to discuss what many consider to be a modern classic of black cinema. 1993's Menace to Society. Mm. It'll be an interesting conversation to see how it holds up. It should be. Yes, it should. I'm looking forward to it. But before we do, as always, we like to start by getting into the feedback that each and every one of you uh, gives us via email or liking us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook in our Facebook group where people are, as always, having a ton of fun, Bougie Square Society wrote, after watching three terrible Superfly trailers, how long <laughs> will it be until we see the Mac starring Kevin Hart? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm hoping that Superfly crashes and burns so hard hmm. that they never do this again. Well, I see that there. Have you seen the trailer? I've seen a couple of them. Yes, <laughs> it looks like it. It, it looks like um, it looks like belly, all style, no substance. It like it's a pretty looking trailer. I mean, it looks like belly. If if like some teenagers made belly, I mean, you know, no no disrespect to. The little brother who plays, who who plays priest from Gronish, that boy looked like he's fourteen years old. Like he looks like he's playing dress up. I mean, I'm sure he's like twenty something, but he has he looks like he's playing dress up. And then the perm <laughs> is ridiculous. Like the whole thing is just ridiculous. Really. I don't. I don't think he looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. I actually don't think he looks bad it's just that put up against you know the original then he suffers greatly but i think if he was just put up against a random commercial for power which is a show i don't watch but i know apparently we as a people have signed off on it like apparently we've signed off on power 
I have not signed off. But just looking at him next to a commercial for power, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I like him a lot on Gronish. But it's it's uh it's a but as a drug lord in Atlanta, it's a glossy, you know, stylized. I would not buy him as priest intern that he got for the summer. And it is a story that they have updated. It's not while I believe it is. It's it's a remake, but it's a reimagining. Oh, as, is it as as well? And and how have they reimagined it? Because from the commercial I saw, he's he's also trying to get out the game, much like Priest was, and he was going to have one last score. Although I did notice that apparently he knows pimp kung fu. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. There's there's pimp. There's that. There's that. It was an elective. <laughs> it's an elective that he took at the University of Georgia, South Georgia. South Georgia, University of South Georgia. Because again, I'm going to assume they want me to believe he's an intern for the actual priest who hasn't been shown in the trailer. It's a pretty looking trailer. <laughs> it looks stupid. It's ridiculous. But it is a pretty looking trailer. I wish nothing but bad things on this film. Well, like I said, they are hedging their bet. They are trying to. You know, at least make back their money. The movie was supposed to come out on June 15th. I don't know why this late in the game they realized that that was the same day that Incredibles 2 was coming out. And it was very likely that they were going to have empty seats. So they moved it back and it'll be now coming out on Wednesday, it's June not because 13th. Of the incre- really? Really? You think it's because the Incredibles they moved it? I absolutely. It's do. a lot of overlap market between people going to see The Incredibles two and the reimagining of Superfly. You think that's what? That's why they moved it? I honestly, do yes. I don't believe that at all. I do. Figure all right. Let's figure. Looking at this movie, uh, conservatively, probably cost about ten million dollars. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, just on hair products, <laughs> looks okay. like they spent three hundred thousand dollars. Fair enough. If you open that movie on June 15th, the same day that The Incredibles 2 is opening, okay. now, Incredibles 2 is going to blow away the box office. Absolutely. And they're probably going to clear at least 100, 100 million, right? In yeah. the opening weekend. However, what is also still out in theaters is Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Deadpool 2. Yes. And say of it what you will. Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes. With those three films out in theaters right now and Incredibles 2, you are talking about really grabbing a lot of the audience that would go to Superfly in a movie. What's that audience look like? Those That audience, which looks nothing like you or I, <laughs> Is an audience that will go to the Cineplex, look up on the on the placards, and see those four movies and Superfly, and say which one of these movies is likely to be on Netflix next week? It will be Superfly. I'm spending my money on Deadpool too. So 
it's going to open up the week after that, and you think no, it's opening. It, they moved it to June thirteenth, the Wednesday before. The oh, the Friday. Wednesday before. So you think yes. people are going to hit it that Wednesday because a lot of kids will be out of school. A lot of kids. Okay, so the maybe kids that's and the colleges market. will be out of maybe, school, okay, and that's so the market they're going. Maybe for. they're going for his his grownish audience. Exactly. Okay. That is the smartest thing I've heard about this movie since I've been talking about it. That's that maybe thing. that maybe the grownish audience wants to see a reimagining of Superfly. Maybe smart people didn't make the movie, but smart people are marketing, marketing the movie. The movie. <laughs> All right, like, yo, we got to get some money. Back. Well, you know what? Again, I wish nothing but bad things to this movie, but I like that little brother, Trevor, Trevor Jackson. I forget it, but but I like him a lot. So hopefully, this is a small bump. Hopefully. On to a very, very successful career for him. Robert Monroe hit us up. Hey, what's up, Robert? He's relaxing after work, watching Blackula. All right. And he says that he would love to see a serious remake with Idris Elba in the lead. That's a that's that's good casting. Mm, I don't like Idris Elba in, in that lead. Why not? I think Idris is a little bit I think he's a little bit. Honestly, I'm not sure if he's old enough for that. Even though he probably is right in that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and, and I, I I just don't want to see Idris in that. You now know? I'll tell you in a in a piece of ironic casting. Okay, who, let's. Who, who are you gonna say? Because I knew who I'd like to see. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <sighs> I wish I was in there. <laughs> that is terrible. I was about to say I don't see Morgan Freeman being able to have the menace to pull it off, but then I always remember Street Smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember that. You know who I'd like? What? Dennis Haysbert. Oh, that's a good one. Dennis Haysbert. That's a good one. He could he could even grow some facial hair. <laughs> can he grow facial hair? Oh well, we talked about it. he can absolutely grow some facial hair. Yeah, De- Dennis but it, Haysbert. it'd be real menacing. Dennis Haysbert would be good. You know who else would be good? And this is this is a name. He's not going to put butts in seats. Okay. Even though, to, be, to be honest, I'm not sure how many Dennis is putting in seats either. Right. Um. Uh, Carl Lumley. Oh, Carl Lumley would murder it. Yeah, he would crush it. But you're right. He's not putting. He's not putting. putting any butts Maybe if in it's the seat. TV movie. Right, right. Then we, we. But if it's a TV movie, that's probably how you're getting Dennis. Carl Lumley would be nice. Yeah. Are you watching Supergirl? No. Me either. I've lost track of it. But I think they're putting together the Legion. A quiet, well, not even Lee, but a quiet little collection of black actors. Really? As Martians. Oh, because they have, um, I forget his name. The British dude. I call him British black dude who's on stuff. I am t- I call him Martian who doesn't need makeup. Right. Because he looks like a Martian. But, um. Yeah, I've Well, given, he's on there. I don't really have I've any. Because I'm, I'm not watching Supergirl either. I gave up on all the CW. Yeah, I just see Carl Lumley. I'm like, oh, it's Carl Lumley. I should turn that on. And then. I don't. In my heart of hearts, I knew that Legends of Tomorrow was like just dumb, stupid fun. Right. But it wasn't 
fun enough for me to stay on top of it and all of the other and, and the same for Supergirl actually Supergirl you know was you know, like silly silly fun I could get into yeah I kind of like Supergirl but but Arrow I've never liked and Flash has gotten on my last nerve right so I've given up on all of it it's just not enough time yeah there's not enough, it's not just, enough time and they're not good it's enough it's just not and, and they're not good enough to bump stuff exactly Exactly. So, so no, I, but I have not watched them. We also got an email from, uh, not an email, but a post on our Facebook page from Walt 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 Walterson. What's up, Walt? Who um, I actually know because I worked with him on a short film a couple of years ago. Nice. And we've kind of like stayed in contact through Facebook. The magic of Facebook. So it was nice to see Walt in, in our um, Michelle Mission Facebook group. So welcome, Walt. Uh, you guys have given me a new lease on life. Oh. To hear thoughtful conversations about filmmaking, it just brings joy to my heart. Now I have a challenge for you. Okay, thank you, Walt. In what movie did George Papard play a black man? <laughs> now, George Papard, the, the lead, most people probably would remember him from the A-Team. Right. Loves it when a plan comes together. Yes. Um... Walt continues, hear me out. Okay. I know this is controversial. Home from the Hill is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a mature adult drama about marriage, well-acted and directed. But I think the second or third time I saw it, I realized it was also a movie about race. The film connected with me viscerally because of that. That was confirmed for me during one of my last viewings. Robert Mitchum has an argument with his unacknowledged biological son, George Papard. In that argument, Mitchum calls George Papard's mother your tack-headed mama. Oh. The film was shot in the early 60s, and I think the idea of having Papard being of mixed race was a bit much, so it was just implied. Interesting. I think you see that a lot. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I think you see that a lot about these characters that you sort of um there's an alternate reading if you will mm-hmm. you know i remember there was a bit of a of a brouhaha if you will is that what it was a brouhaha mm-hmm. a kerfluffle another word that means dispute that i can't think of right now okay in in academic circles and in, in, in literary circles, where there was a there was a um, there was a critic who wrote that. Oh my god! I just forgot the name of the book. I just forgot the name of the book. The book they just remade a movie out of it. It's the dude and and he's trying to get Daisy and he's Jay and and he and he has the ha- the Great Gatsby. Oh. And there was there was there was a critic who wrote that Gatsby was passing. Really? And his argument was that if you read it what Gatsby, what Jay Gatsby was really grappling with was the fact that he was black. Hmm. See, I've I've actually never seen the the Great Gatsby, either versions. So. Right, right. And it, he was talking about the book, and I believe he brought in one of the film versions. I would imagine the the original. Robert yeah, Robert. so you know, I think that's a thing. I think that's well, a thing. I, well, I mean, we when know people it's talk a thing. about. Yeah, well, when, and tack headed mama definitely that, refers that is to, definitely racialized. And this film, Home from the Hill, is set 
in the South. Which so which it, everything it kind of like everything's lining it up. Look, there. man. Yes, and it's interesting. That's interesting. Um, well, no, I'm not aware of the film. Yeah, me either. But it sounds like something I'd like to watch. Yeah, and I even, even if not necessarily for this. Yeah, because I'm a fan of. I'm actually like I'm a, uh, quietly I'm a fan of Robert Mitchum. Now Robert Mitchum yeah. never wa- never starred in a movie that he couldn't sleepwalk through. Right, but when he is present in a film, he's very captivating. And George Papard, around this time, early 60s, mm-hmm. in his career, was actually doing some stuff. If you only know older George Papard, then, you know, he's, he's, he's marking his time. And sure. He's, and he's playing off of the persona that he built with on... Uh, with the, his stuff, with this the, material. Well, no, he's... In, in, in his later years, he's building off of the persona that he built on the A-Team. Right. So every time he's just... just basically that the same rough guy right you know but here he was actually more nuanced uh, and you know here he's trying to he's playing a black guy yeah you know he's 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 digging into um the craft and i'm a fan of that early 20th century white anxiety about identity yeah that's sort of definitely you, you know so all right, so Home from the Hill from, from 1960. Hill. Yes, thank you for that, Walt. Directed by Vincent Minnelli. All right. So it's got good pedigree. Over. There you go. All right. Okay, so um, that is most of the feedback that we've got, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right. We actually have a little bit more, but we're going to save that. We're going to save that. Um, and for down the road, you'll hear that in a binge lounge coming your way very soon. Yes. But for now, and... Also, this allows us to leave some uh, time so we can get into the review. But also, I have an update. I have a mail update for you, Vince. Okay. The two packages that I sent out last week, uh, one to the Mystics yes. in New York and one to Omar Dorsey yeah. in New Orleans. Yes. According to USPS, the United States Postal Service, both of the packages reached their destinations. Awesome. So, I should not be getting them back. All right. So, our uh, our celebrity guests, Dorian and Simone Missick and Omar Dorsey, should have both received their Michelle Mission t-shirts as well as their lapel pins. Excellent. And if you want one, ladies and gentlemen, they're for sale right on MichelleMission.com. All the proceeds go to helping us keep this show free for you yes indeed you know because we actually thought about doing a patreon but we're like eh, not yet not yet not yet not yet we'll get there all right all right let's get into 1993's menace to society so what are you gonna do kd you're gonna mess around out there in the streets till you get killed what's that sir you gotta think about your life Being a black man in America isn't easy. All I'm saying is survive. You need to be glad that you graduated from high school and that you're alive at 18. And you need to do something with yourself before you end up like he did. I'm not going to end up like he did, all right? Mother, mother. 
lifestyle of the Los Angeles projects, 18-year-old Kane Lawson wants a way out. Everyone around him, including his unpredictable friend O-Dog, is trapped in their lives of crime and violence. With the help of his caring teacher and supportive girlfriend, Kane plans to leave the city for good. But in a series of tragic events, Kane realizes that escape will not be easy. 1993's Menace to Society starring Tyrone Turner and Lorenz Tate with the supporting roles played by Jada Pinkett Smith, Clifton Powell, some really standout scenes by the likes of Bill Duke, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Charles Rock Dutton, the debut film from the Hughes Brothers. And as I mentioned in the beginning, considered by many to be a modern classic of black film. Minister Society was the choice of Lynn Webb. So how would you like to begin to talk about Menace to Society? It's amazing that this being the directorial debut of the Hughes brothers, Alan and Albert mm-hmm. Hughes. It's amazing how many things they get right mm-hmm. in this film. And one of the things that actually I had forgotten about all these years was that um, the film is definitely a full story, right? However, because of their filming technique, you literally are going in and out of scenes. Like many of the scenes fade to black. Mm-hmm. And what really is taking you through the the story and connecting the dots of the scenes to one another are the voiceover is the voiceover of the lead character Kane played by Tyron Turner Mm -hmm. in a film debut. A lot of times a voiceover is a crutch like, oops, right. We mix, we messed up something here. Oh, they're just doing it. You know, there's something they throw on on posts to kind of fix something that's going on. Or if a voiceover is part of the plan from the from the um from the outset then a lot of times it's inconsistently used mm-hmm. or when it is used it's poorly done such as in have plenty right here this voiceover is like pitch perfect with the film it doesn't try to add any drama on top of the film. It is it does play connect the dots. So it it tends to be a little expository, yet it still 
because of how the characters are drawn and portrayed in the film still allows you a window into the mindset of the lead character stuff that is not necessarily shown you mm-hmm. know what i mean so it's not telling what is already shown it's telling what you don't know and it worked for me mm-hmm. it, it i i got lost in the in the in the voiceover and that's something that first time directors often botch they got it right right from the beginning right then you you couple that with how they open up this film by totally subverting your whole expectations you have these two young boys Kane and old dog played by Lorenz Tate we'll get into that character in a little bit (laughs) but you have these two guys Going into this Korean store, you know, the little corner store that you find in almost every neighborhood and certainly a plethora of them in the Watt section of L.A. back in 1993. Sure. They're going in there. They're being loud. They're being they're being they're being young black kids of 1993. Right. You know what I mean? And yes, the Korean store owners got their eyes on lock on them. Right. We all had that gaze. You don't, yes. you don't have to go into a... That, uh, it easily could be a grocery store or Macy's. We've all felt that gaze right? We, when we've gone on there. Rightfully or wrongly. Right? Um, and you're led to believe that this, while a tense type of situation, is probably being played also a little bit for laughs as well. Dark comedy to mm-hmm. be, be to be sure, but being played for laughs and you you know, you're going to get out of the scene relatively calmly. But no. It takes an abrupt turn and takes an incredibly violent turn and it happens just like that on a dime. Right. Because what that is welcoming you, uh, introducing you into, ladies and gentlemen, in this movie, what life was like back in Watts in South L.A. back at this time. Violence was on every corner. It was on every street. And it wasn't waiting for, you know, the heat to build up right. for it to strike. It wasn't waiting for a cross eye for it to strike. It could strike just like that. It didn't. It didn't. It almost didn't need any provocation. It it could be as simple as you're at a light, and a car just pulls up beside you and says, "Wow, nice tires." Boom, your day is ruined because somebody has done jacked you. Right. You know what I mean? It, it can happen just as simple as that, and that feeling that. You know that that prevalence of of violence and crime being on top of you at any moment is what, to me, sets this movie apart from all of the other movies of its day, even the equally heralded Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. because you know. I don't know whether or not that is one hundred. That depiction is one hundred percent accurate. I can only go by the people that I've seen interviewed that lived in that area around that time, mm-hmm. and they've 
all to a man said, yo, that's how it was. 100 mm-hmm. percent so if they are applauding its accuracy then i have to give it up to the hughes brothers for getting that right on their first film mm-hmm. you know and being able to in, in, infuse this film with that with that sense uh with that tension yet without it being uh, premeditated at all. It's just, it's just there. It's just hanging in the air. It's hanging in their words. It's hanging in their mannerism and how they walk and they talk and they dress and they deal with one another. There's, there's a camaraderie there, but it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a scary camaraderie because you know anybody can turn at any time, especially a, a madman like old dog because old dog is a dude that just don't give any types of f's yeah any f's he had to give he left in his pamper when he was three years old he don't got none left but with that being said he is still old dog and i i contend that the o stands for old dog because an old dog while you can never teach him new tricks and he doesn't learn throughout anything throughout this entire movie. An old dog will always still be loyal. Yes. And as and as much as he is, as much as anybody here can turn on a dime, old dog is one hundred percent loyal to his best friend Kane mm-hmm. in this film. Absolutely. Um. And that comes through. That comes through in their camaraderie, and it's it's actually. Crazy that that comes through because watching this film again, they don't share all that much time on the screen together. How about that? They share a a, a, a good bit, yeah, but it certainly is not the meat of the movie, yeah. Yet that's what everybody walked away from the movie was their their chemistry, this, mm-hmm. this bond, this friendship. You know, especially since those two are front and center on the poster of the film, right? So just just watching that was just like incredible then there is the fact that the police who are often in this film uh, often in these types of films shown to be uh just completely 100 percent corrupt Mm -hmm. in every way and god knows we know that there are some corrupt cops and there is a scene of some 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 corrupt cops in this movie. Mm-hmm. But there's only one scene of that. In every other scene, the cops, whether or not you like it or not, are doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're they're responding to to criminal activity. They're responding to violence in the streets, mm-hmm. you know? And the and the one time that a cop truly has a face put on him, he is like all of the other um, sounding boards in this movie, that face is a black man mm. who is just another sounding board, you know, trying to reach this young kid, you know, all in their different ways. Bill Duke playing the cop <laughs> is trying to is trying to reach him by just showing him how, dude, you are not you are not built for this because mm-hmm. I'm about to turn you in like about two seconds. And he, he has him stuttering like a like a like a like a dump like me. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he just has him going. Um, 
you have in the beginning when you see Cain as uh, a little uh, a young boy watching his father in a flashback play uh, cards and threatening a guy who owes him money and Kane is 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 watching that that is what is in, that is his the the only type of interaction we see with him and his father is that and his father is played in this flashback by Samuel Jackson and yes he is and you know of all the roles Samuel Jackson has played in his life this may have been the role that he was built to play because <laughs> he is menacing scary uh <laughs> violent <laughs> he and yet strangely paternal he is <laughs> he is all that in this very short flashback yeah. it's like it's not even 5 minutes and then he's gone from the movie but you you feel him for the rest of the film yeah you know all of Kane's interactions with black men have stand uh, are there to feel a purpose and that purpose is to show that despite the violence that you are living in every day out on these streets violence that you are putting yourself many times in the middle of violence which many times that you are the um you are the instigator of um and for all of the reasons you may have in your head of why you are justified in doing all of this all of these black men, in one way or another, are are re- debunking every one of your arguments. Right. And they are all trying to talk sense into you. So much so that as the film goes on and the, the black men seem to don't be reaching him, then you have the words of wisdom coming from his friends, from his girl, from two of his boys who are in those same streets yet strangely able to stay out of it one boy who it, it is alluded to was a bit of a knucklehead yeah. but it was Allah that got him on a, <laughs> yes. on the right path and his father tells you I ain't Muslim but if Allah is going to get him on the right path then yo here's a bean pie son right right Rock right, and roll. right you know what by whatever means necessary to get you off the streets and so Everybody in this movie is trying to reach this brother, and he is st- he is just totally tone deaf. And that is what you hear every single uh, day, especially back in 1993, from these streets. Ain't no other place but here but the streets. But no, there is, and there's people that will tell you that there are options. You have sometimes you have to you have to open your eyes to see the options that are there, you know. But you've got to do it. If you don't, if you turn a blind eye to it, you have nobody's to fault but yourself you know and that's the lesson that like just slowly comes into view in this film there are some that watched this film when it first came out that were got wrapped up in the the soundtrack of it and the the violence um and it is a violent film and it's a bloody film yes but i applaud it in that many times Many times the violence, there are a lot of times where, where there is violence that could be shown, but they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear the gunshots, you know, you're you just see the the doorway and you don't see what's happening and on, on the other side. 
And then when they do show violence, it's not glorified and romanticized in any way. No. It is bright, red, bloody, messy, sloppy, nasty, gross, um, gruesome, and hard to take. And and it is in those instances that the filmmakers put it dead in your eye. When they are dragging Kane after he gets uh, shot, they drag him to a hospital and he is drenched in blood. All of his friends are drenched in blood. And it doesn't and that film does not stop until you feel that there is blood all over this hospital walls and floors just bleeding from this young boy. You can argue it's just a very powerful powerful scene. Yeah. Uh, there is people got wrapped up in the soundtrack because you know it's a whole lot of West Coast music at that time. I was never a big fan of West Coast rap. You know, the, the music I like, but the lyrics like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But um but of course it fit the times, it fit it fit this music, it 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 fit this this uh aesthetic that that the Hughes brothers depicted in this film. Um there are there some rookie mistakes in there? Sure. You could nitpick them. Um, are there some acting choices and maybe some of the casting choices that you could be like, okay, he's just giving a brother a, a, brother a bone. I'm looking at you, MC8. Sure. <laughs> you can. I'm looking at you, short dog. Okay, oh. sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, for every MC8 who's just, you know, there, you have short dog who's there. Yet in him being there, he's much like Jay-Z was in, dare I say it. Too short. Too short. I'm yes. short dog. So too short in uh in this film. He's just like Jay-Z in State Property. He's got he, his his aura mm-hmm. is all he needs for the little bit that he does. And right. therefore it comes off it comes it comes off well. You know, you have a a, a grossly underrated actor in Clifton Powell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, it, there is, it, there's nothing that this man can't do. Right. But like Samuel Jackson, if you need a slick jerk, <laughs> there's nobody that does that better than Clifton oh, Powell. Oh, boy. Um, there, I mean, you even you even have Jada Pinkett before the Smith, yes, and before some other things, but she is she's good in this film. Is she great? No, but she's good in in a role that doesn't give her an opportunity to do that much. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jaquez Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands, 
also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Not that much, but what she works, what she's got, she's she's working with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, and also, this is a film that appreciably doesn't, you know, um, it, it 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 treats its women characters in this film. I, I mean, they're not given much to do, right? But neither are they, you know, sexualized or, right. in any way in this film either you know or, yeah you know uh you could say one maybe is but it's definitely plot driven and it's it's certainly not like you would see in other films no let's put it that way um so with all that being said i sat there watching this film again and just like just reveling and like wow this was really a good film plus it's tight it's an hour and 30 minutes. I had forgotten it was that short because it feels like it's long. It feels in like, a good way. Exactly. Because there's so much in there mm-hmm. and, and there's so much story that you can still follow. You know, yeah. you can still follow the plot. You know, I think Tyrone Turner is, uh, is a strong lead in that yeah. and takes you through this film very ably. Yeah. You know, um, this is a classic. Yeah. It's a damn good movie. Yeah. I actually went in and and I thought actually went in hoping to find some holes. Mm-hmm. Like like, you know, because it is one of these films that the default conversation is this is a classic. Right. Which, you know, since we've been doing this, is almost like a challenge. Exactly. It's like, well, I'll show you a classic. <laughs> and I do think that it is episodic. Like I found that to be very sort of first time directorly. Mm-hmm. Like like it doesn't really it's not stitched together as smoothly. Right. As a film by a more seasoned director would be and and you know frankly I think this is a better movie than their follow up to this Dead Presidents. But I, I think do too. but yes. I think Dead Presidents flows better. Right. Right, as far as as far as storytelling yeah. wise, and right. but having said that, I think you're absolutely right. I, I'll just say I hate voiceover for all of the reasons that you said. I hate voiceover, mm-hmm. but they make it work. Yeah, and they make it work well. I th- I think you know I'll just parrot what you just said. They get more right than wrong. Um, I think the script is great. I think just you know even though I don't think the scenes flow together and it's a little episodic those scenes are so strong yes i mean and it's scene to scene to scene whether it is that first scene that you're talking about with the explosion of violence right whether it is the scene in um with bill duke Mm -hmm. whether it's that you know that sort of opening with samuel jackson uh, the scene, you know, like a, a quiet scene that people don't talk about, but the scene where he picks up the girl. Yeah. You know, from the moment he blocks her car in and then he picks it up, it's just so blocked. It's so, it's such a, the the scene is so well blocked and the scene is so well put together and the acting, which is not a lot of dialogue in that scene, mm-hmm. is so well done. The acting, the, the performances in this movie 
are amazing for some first-time directors. I mean, yes. obviously, you expect Samuel Jackson, Bill Duke, Charles Dutton mm-hmm. to turn in these great performances. But, you know, I think, you know, like we said, Jada Pinkett does not have a lot to do. But with what she does, you get this fully formed character. Right. You know, you get this woman that you you very much can fill in her story. Like she almost has this shadow storyline going on. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, Clifton Powell, who I thought you were going to say, I love Glenn Plummer. Man, I love, love, love Glenn Plummer. That is a bad man. And he's another one of these actors that has never actually gotten the opportunities that he should have. Like Harold Piranew is right there with him. Mm -hmm. And Harold Piranew, you know, you know, once one part Oz, one part lost. Right. Pulled out uh, ahead of Glenn Plummer a little bit, but both of them, you know, that whole class of of actor. For all of the pyrotechnics that you get from Lorenz Tate as O Dog, it's actually a really, really good performance. It is, you know, like it, it's it would be so easy for that character to just be one note. Yes, but I think you see. This young man, I think you you said it, you know, like we talk about old dog as a dog, but it's the loyalty part. It's the fact that he's with his friends. And then really just kind of holding this thing together. You know, we mentioned him a little bit when we talked about Belly. Turin Turner is, is uh, you know, I think, you know, you don't want to write somebody's obituary because a man's not dead. But he's one of the great tragedies of black Hollywood. Like, there's no way Turin Turner should not have been a bigger star. Yeah. He's amazing in this. Yeah. And this character that he builds is amazing. I think the one note, because I think, you know, again, I'll just keep saying you're right. I think when we talk about Menace to Society, we oftentimes talk about it with Boys in the Hood. Right. And I think this is a vastly superior film to Boys in the Hood for a lot of different reasons. But the main one is I think this film has the courage to go full bore. Right. And what I mean by that is this. I think Boys in the Hood, you have these three characters and you have the good one, capital G. Mm -hmm. You have the sacrificial lamb who, if you've ever seen anything, you knew that um, Morris Chestnut's character was not going to make it to college. Right. And then you have the bad one, capital B. Right. And it never kind of complicates any of those characters. Not at all. This, Turin Turner plays um, Kane. Kane is the protagonist. Kane is the one with the voiceover, so he's the one just structurally, we see his interiority. Mm-hmm. You like Kane, Yes. Kane is charming. Yes. Kane is, again, this fully formed young man. But Kane is absolutely a product of his environment and a product of the choices that he makes. Right. Right. Kane murders. Mm-hmm. Kane deals. Yep. Kane is in the midst of abandoning his child. Yes. You know, Kane is. And yet you. You, you still, like him. It's still a tragedy when he dies. It's a tragedy, but it's a tragedy when he dies. Yes. But what happens is that to me, 
to a degree, and this is wrong. It's it's one hundred percent wrong. But to me, to a degree, because of of the jerky things that he does in this movie, and he does so much. Yes, you know, as much as you kind of like liking him when he does get stopped by the cops now i'm not i'm not i'm in no way saying that the cops should have like beat him and, and sharif up and dumped them in in you know yes west la or wherever they did you know in where the um hispanics were and I, i'm certainly not saying that that should have been done but when he is stopped by the cops it's a wrongful stop but brother, somebody was gonna have to go. Somebody was gonna stop you eventually. You had some stuff coming to you. Karma is a thing. No, karma is a thing. But I think again, and we talk about this. That doesn't excuse, as you just said, it doesn't excuse what happens to him. No, it doesn't. And it's no less of a tragedy when when he dies. When he dies. No. Because there there are no perfect victims. You know, it's not a tragedy just because good people die. Right. Like it's a tragedy. And, you know, to something we've kind of alluded to and you and I have talked about in one of the Ur episodes, like that's like my major beef with Fruitville Station. Okay. Like they made the fact that his character died a tragedy because he was this angelic figure. Right. No, it's a tragedy because people shouldn't be getting shot in the streets. Like we shouldn't have this environment where this is what happens. Right. And Kane. You know, not to really take it there, but Kane is closer to to a bigger Thomas character in something like Native Son, mm-hmm. or to me, the spiritual successor to that, ready to die. Okay, where you do you have these young men, and they're not angels, but that doesn't mean it's any less of a tragedy, right? When right. they die, that's true. That's true. That's and true. I think the thing I admire about this film the most today. Is how the Hughes brothers and Taryn Turner's performance did not sacrifice Kane's humanity. Right. Even though he's doing all of this stuff. No, you're right. And for them to be first time directors, for this to frankly be 1993 in the midst of all of the insane rhetoric mm-hmm. we were all spouting about these young men. Um, for Turin Turner to turn in this nuanced performance, it's is is amazing. So any sort of critique I have about the the episodic nature of the scenes, or or the fact that that you know, you know, as we mentioned, it's like women don't even exist in these things hardly. Yeah, is overshadowed by by that. Mm-hmm. So that you know, I, I I think it is a masterpiece. I think it is a master work. There's one scene when um, uh, Kane, you know, watches um, Clifton Powell's character um, come on to Jada Pinkett mm-hmm. and he gets mad and he goes and pistol whips him. First of all, punk move. Yes. That's the first of all. I, I got to say that as for as much lip as this young boy was spouting in this movie. That's a punk move that you went up to one of your men, one of your boys, yeah, you know, and you pistol whipped him. You should have took hands. Yeah, that should have that should have been hands. Hands, maybe you get over, right? But because you pistol whipped him, well, now dude's gonna he's he's gonna turn stoolie on you, right? You know what I mean? But 
when he does pistol whip him and his boys grab him and they, and they take him off, pull him off of him, the camera pulls back as they're pulling him off of Clifton Powell. Yeah. And then it, it, the camera sweeps throughout the house and you hear them like grappling with him and telling him like let go of the gun and everything like that and then it quietly goes quiet as it sweeps sweeps across and it sweeps almost like into another room you see like a slight uh, lighting change with Mm -hmm. that as well and you see Kane in bed and he is now home yeah in his bed yeah I just thought that was like wow, that was well done. It that was indeed well done. That was some that was and because the sounds took you along in that journey, took you uh, right into his bedroom. Yes, you know what I mean. And in a film that again I found episodic, that was a beautiful transition. It was. It was a beautiful transition, and knowing what's to come. Those are also the scenes that the weather starts to change. Exactly. So that the storm is actually coming. Like that is, you know, cause cause the girl calls. Yep, that's when the girl tell, calls. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that was well done. That was well done. You you know, I wanted to um circle back to something you said about the ever present violence. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, it gets to the point where if you've never seen it before, and it's kind of hard to have this feeling because you've seen Minister Society so many times and you know beat for beat what's coming but it is almost claustrophobic. It is. The paranoia that you never know and and by the end there are no less than four situations. That could pop off! That could lead to his death. Yes! And the fact that in, in the fact that it started with this sort of abrupt violence just just as a theme throughout the film, and it's funny looking at it, you actually there are fights in the background yeah. throughout the film. Yeah. Like just fist fights. Right. And people, you, you know, and I think you're right. I it 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 really did capture the sense of what a lot of people said, South Central LA and you know, really just inner city. Inner city. You you know, yeah. just impoverished city mm-hmm. and certainly during the crack era. Yeah. What it was like. So, you know, that was amazingly well done. Let's talk about the movie that could have been. Because this film, written, directed by the Hughes brothers, was originally set to star um, MC Wren (laughs) of... Niggas with attitude fame. Oh my goodness. That's the most terrible thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> well, he wasn't going to be the star, but he was going to play the MC8 character of AWAX. Does Ren act? Well, does MC8? Oh, well, then. <laughs> that being said, I don't know if I can see anybody else. You know, Here's the one thing that MC Ren... Here's the one thing that I don't think MC Ren could have pulled off that I think 8 does pull off. What? One, because Ren was never like like really put up front there. I realized just now that if Ren walked in here right now and went to the reveal, I wouldn't even know who Ren was. was. Right? Exactly. (laughs) But here's the one thing I will I will give eight. A lot of his his scenes, he's playing opposite of 
uh, an actress that's playing like his girlfriend. Yeah. Also, kind of like a partner in, in crimes. <laughs> yes. In yes. Kind of thing. And I, I forgive me, I don't know the character's name, so I can't look at. <laughs> well, she's just thing. part of this sort of Greek chorus. Exactly. Of, yeah. But but she's definitely down with you know yeah. his life. She's in there, right? But in his scenes with her. <laughs> They come off believable as, as, a, a, as a couple. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, true. They both get on each other's nerves. Right. But damn it, they're, they're my nerves. You better be getting on. That's right. Don't be getting on nobody else's That's, nerves, girl. That's right. And, and old dog just murdered a crackhead <laughs> 20 feet away from us. And no one is that phased by it. Because people are just sort of annoyed. Because it's. Oh dog! Oh dog! Will you stop murdering people? <laughs> Don't make me take your gun! Oh my goodness gracious! Here's something that I wait don't... a minute. I'm not finished with the casting. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's more casting. Yes, because originally, do you remember this West Coast rapper, Spice One? I do remember Spice One. Wouldn't know him if he walked in here either, would you? Actually, wouldn't know Spice One. I, I would. And I like Spice One's voice. He had a song that I liked his voice. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Spice One, he was actually set to play Kane. How old was Spice One in 1993? I don't know. Spice One looked like a dude. He looked like... Spice One has looked like he was 40 years old. Really? <laughs> what, did he? Like, from the moment I saw him. I've never. I've, he was supposed to play Kane. He was supposed to play Kane. I, I look. What do you? What do you tell me now? In the role of Sharif, the knucklehead who turned to Allah. Yes. Who was supposed to play Sharif? I mean, the way you going, Danny Glover. I don't know who. No. Who? Tupac. I thought Tupac was supposed to play a nut because he got he had a falling out with the Hughes brothers. Exactly. Spice one. Was to p- play Kane. Tupac was to play Sharif. But they were fired by the Hughes brothers. Actually, they were fired by Alan Hughes. Mm-hmm. Because he was saying that uh, Tupac, and I guess Spice One as well, were causing trouble on the set. Okay. The reason why Tupac was causing trouble and he was angry was because he wasn't told... And I guess the Hughes refused to tell him. Why was Sharif Muslim? Why did he turn Muslim? Okay. Because in uh, Tupac's words, as he said in a, an interview uh, years down the line, you know, um, he said that he was okay with being fired from this $100,000 movie because I ain't playing no gangbanger who's a Muslim. There ain't no such thing. The hell is he talking about? Because that's my thing. Sharif is decidedly in this film shown that he's not gangbanging. You would never see him right, with a gun. He used to be. Yes. And then he converted. To, to Allah. Did Tupac not understand? Did Tupac think he was gangbanging and Muslim? I have no idea. He was like Brother Mozone? I, I have no idea. But Tupac was... Um, was so angry that do, 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 where, where was this? Where was this? Oh, okay, okay. Spice One was to play Kane. Tupac was to play Sharif. We were later fired by Alan Hughes, stating that Shakur was causing trouble on the set. T- 
Tupac was angry for not being told why Sharif would turn Muslim. So six months after the firing, Tupac assaulted the director, resulting in Tupac being found guilty of assault and battery. I remember that. I do. See, I, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Tupac actually wanted to play Old Dog. Which, you know. Which I, I can see. see that's why he I can see that's what he would have wanted to play, but he would have been great as Kane. He would have been great as Kane. Um, Sharif decided it was a smaller role. Maybe yeah. at that time he didn't want the smaller role. Here's why he couldn't have played Old Dog. And I'm just using the Tupac text that we have. Okay. He plays a similar role in Juice. Yes. Old Dog is actually charming and likable. Like you understand why people kind of hang out with this. Um, it's, it's sort of it's Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the like the question is why would someone hang out with this unpredictable sociopath? Right. And it's because he's charming. Right. And you like him. And right. you can see when the toms are good, you have a good time with him. Right. And Tupac playing this sociopath, much like he does in Juice, ain't, ain't nothing. No. You're, nev- you're, you're right. Because in Juice, you're never 100% cus- comfortable with that character. Even before he gets the gun. Exactly. You always feel like he's teetering. He's right there. Yeah, yeah. And even in Juice, I don't know, we're going to get off Juice in a minute. The good, the, the one of the great things about the plot of Juice is that the three of them actually try to keep the gun out of his hand. Yes, yes. So yeah, I disagree with Tupac playing um, Old Dog. Yeah, I do too. Now Tupac playing Kane, I think could have been interesting. I think that could have been interesting because I think that would have been maybe a little bit of a stretch for him yeah um i think it also probably would have uh been nice for him because i know him and jada pinkett were good friends right so that would have been and they have nice chemistry in that one episode of a different world where they acted together but again Taryn turner absolutely destroys this role like 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 and you're right it's it's surprising that if for no other reason he doesn't even show up on uh like get casting like a tv show yeah because lorenz tate goes from this film and it's not long after that he's cast in um south central the tv series right a very criminally short-lived series where he basically plays like the Kane character right in that show but he looks like old dog he looks like old dog so it's a little like it's a weird it's weird yeah wait a minute but he, but he, but he's he's good. That actually, like, I remember when that show was on. I was like, wow, this is really a good show. It was ahead of its time, right? I get the sense. I mean, first of all, you always start with black actors and actresses don't get the opportunities they should get. You start there, but I also get the sense that Taryn Turner, for whatever reasons, doesn't take roles or didn't kind of follow the path that people kind of said you should follow. So that you really only have, you know, these two moments mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. But um, one thing I did want to kind of kind of um, underline a bit. I thought the grandparent characters teetered right on caricature. Yeah, so did I. Like so these sort I. of oblivious, 
sort of neutered, mm-hmm. cliche, religious old black people. Yeah. Which, you know, in my mind, those that's one of the moments that leads to Tyler Perry. Yep. Because there are people who saw this and said that's disrespectful and mocking. Mm-hmm. And even in the film itself, they mock his grandparents. So it's by text and script. They mock these characters. They they view them as ineffective and again neutered. And and I thought, I actually thought that was one, and of of one maybe the only false note of characterization. So did I, because so all of the characters are pretty well drawn, even yeah. if they only have one scene or two scenes. That being said, it was still nice to once again see Marilyn Coleman mm-hmm. playing the grandmother. Yeah. Who famously, to my young, impressionable eyes, played Sister Sarah in Which Way Is Up, where she... Yes, uh, that's right. Was yeah. walking around uh, yes, right. in a white slip. That's right. And forever... Yes, yes. Turn me on to white on brown skin. Yes. So, well, she is not Sister Sarah in this. No, she's not. She is not Sister Sarah in this. And I like um, Arnold Johnson, the grandfather. Yeah, I like Arnold Johnson. I like who shows up throughout the 70s and 80s in character roles. See, here's the thing. I like him because he feels like a comfortable old shoe. Yes. But I always find every time I see him. Mm hmm. He annoys me. That's fair. I, it, I mean, he plays the same about role. His acting annoys me. Yeah, he's the same dude and everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, uh, another thing, you talked about Glenn Plummer. I thought this was actually very interesting casting Glenn, Glenn Plummer in the role that he does. Mm-hmm. Because, for the most part, he's, he's, he's talked about but not seen right in the movie because he's jada pinkett's you know man but he's away on life in prison right and it's only at the end of the film that you really see him in prison and when you see that as glenn Plummer, i think that that what the hughes brothers are doing you know never mind they're just casting glenn Plummer because why not right but i think they're also uh, banking on the audience, especially in 1993, mm-hmm. having known Glenn Plummer most recently around that time when he was in the independent film South Central. Right. Which which was really, you know, if South Central came out now, it would be like the indie darling. It'd be on Netflix and just blowing the hell yeah. up. It's just a really, really tight mesmerizing film and a yeah. great performance by and it's kind of slipped away it has yeah it has um but i think he's he they're buying they're rightfully buying that you know oh that's my man from south right yeah, right yeah, right yeah so and which then just gives his his words to kane in that scene just that much more weight it is it, it, again i think the acting is amazing but the script is yeah. so because i think his character and Jada Pinkett share maybe three sentences as they talk on the phone. Yes, they do. But you know every iota, 
every corner, mm-hmm. every part of their relationship. You do. You know every part of it. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Not the biggest Jada Pinkett fan, but she is acting her ass off in that moment. In that moment, it it is everything. all on it's her all, face. It's all on her face. It's all on his face. And it is amazing. Yeah. It is It is like... It's incredible. Yeah. Really, really. And again, you were talking about the the script and the dialogue for a for a a movie that and that is set in South Central. This decidedly in South Central. So much of the dialogue in this film sounds so natural. Mm -hmm. So it, it it sounds like pitch perfect coming from each and every one of the characters. Mm-hmm. All of the characters have a different distinct voice yeah. and cadence and rhythm to what they are saying and their points of view. Mm-hmm. Um it that that even with that all sound natural and authentic. And I think that that's one of the things that um is lost in Boys in the Hood because while both of these films are definitely set hard in their times because this di- because this one feels so more authentic it doesn't come off to me as dated as boys in the hood yeah, does absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's it's a fine film yeah it, is, it really is a fine film and it is one of those films that deserves the accolades that it gets. We, we've discussed films before where they come out and for a variety of reasons, and certainly right after Spike Lee came out, everyone was tripping all over themselves mm-hmm. to find people. And the criticism lapsed into hyperbole pretty right. quickly. Yeah. But this is a film that, you know, again, just watching it today and, and not, you know, like I just, you know, I said a half hour ago, I went into it saying I'm going to skewer the sacred cow. And it really does hold up. Yeah. It really does hold up. It's it's a fine film. It really is. So I am 100% recommending, if you have not seen Menace to Society, if you have not watched it in some time, if you watched it last week and just heard our review, watch it again. Yeah. With new impressionable eyes. It is just a... Uh, uh, top not work and like you said you know this may be the Hughes first it's their first movie maybe their best one it's kind of hard to argue against it I'm a fan of Dead Presidents I am but Dead Presidents is just too long and and it, it gets jumbled it does yeah I mean you know and, and you know the Hughes brothers are another you know in this case group of directors that kind of they don't really have the catalog that I would have expected them to have by 2018. Which and means, I'm sure that's for a lot of reasons. I'm about to say, that may not be their but fault. But you know, it's like this, Dead Presidents, From Hell. Uh, didn't they do the Book of Eli? I think they did the Book of did Eli. Did they do the Book of Eli? Yeah, they did the Book of Eli. Yeah, yeah anything else? Like those, they, those, are their four, those are their four tent poles. Yeah. From Hell, Book of Eli. Which... To their to their credit, shows uh, a variety oh, yeah, of how, storytelling. How about that? And and genres. Yeah, you know, because I'm a fan of Book of Eli. I'm a fan of From Hell. So am I. And that's that. I think that was 
when they said they were going to make From Hell, I thought From Hell was an impossible film to make. If mm-hmm. you've ever read the graphic novel. Yeah. So the fact that they got a like I'd give them a, a low B from for for From Hell. But um Yeah, that film I'm looking at their filmography now. It is decidedly very small. Yeah, very short. It's Menace to Society, Dead Predis- Presidents, a documentary in nineteen ninety nine, American Pimp. Oh yeah, that's right. They did do American Pimp. From Hell. Yeah. From Hell, which was 2001. Yeah. And then you don't get another feature film from them until 2010 with The Book of Eli. Okay. And then in 2013, Alan directs Broken City. And then in 2018, Albert is directing Alpha. Okay. And they don't even have like, it's not even like they have like uh a lot of TV work that filled in there. I know that Alan, he just did the Defiant ones on HBO. Okay. That documentary about, um, oh God. I think, it's, I think it's, is it, a, it's a documentary it has got to do, oh, it's got to do with music. Okay. I know. Yeah. No, yeah. Looking like at, at um, Dr. Dre and. Oh, right, 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 right. And, uh, what's his name? Irv. Yeah. Rego- yeah. Irv Lazor. Yeah, but but yeah, they haven't done as much as I would have expected them to do. Well, that's interesting. And I'm sure there's a reason for it because the talent is absolutely there. So, yeah, I think Menace to Society is their best film. Yeah. But I will say all four of their films are worth a watch. All four of those main ones. Yeah. Those main ones, yeah, yeah. are definitely worth it. And a even watch. a documentary, American Pimp was good. American Pimp is good. I always feel guilty about American Pimp. You know, I think it glorifies pimping a little bit more than it should be. Fair enough. But it's a good it's it's it fun. Is, it is highly entertaining. Yes. Oh, and the defiant ones, just to correct it, is about Dr. Dre and Jimmy O uh Ivan. Ivan okay. Ivan. Yeah. That's, that, that's what that is. But but yeah, um I agree with you. If you haven't seen Minister Society, absolutely watch Minister Society. If you have not seen Minister Society in a long time, watch Minister Society. And especially if, again, going back to its episodic nature, I think Menace is one of those films that people watch pieces of. Mm-hmm. Like pieces of it pop up and then you watch a scene. Watch it from beginning to end. If you haven't watched it from beginning to end in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Do that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our review of Menace to Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before Vince drops on us what we will be doing next week, we invite each and every one of you to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Michelle Mission. And always leave us a um, give us send an email to us. You can always send us an email at Mission at gmail.com. We may not answer all of them, but we read them all. Trust me, we do. Um, and if you want to do us a big favor, you can do two things. One, you can support Black Podcasts. And you can also go into Apple Podcasts and... Give us a ranking and a rating, letting us know exactly what you uh, think of the show. Um, even if you don't like it, you know, still give us a five star rating, and then you can just leave us a review. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes. the more the more five star ratings and reviews, especially reviews that we can get, the better it looks in the Apple algorithms, and the easier that it 
is for people to find us. And as always, you can find our show on Michelle Mission at Gmail. Oh, not excuse me. You can find our show at MichelleMission.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that good podcasts be. And we are proud members of the Podglomerate Podcast family of podcasts. And you can also check us out on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM. FM 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia. People Power Media, phillycam.org slash listen. And uh, stay tuned because in, in soon, sooner than later, I hope we may have some more radio news to present to you. All right. All right. So, Vince, what are we going to be watching next week? Well, it's a film I've wanted to do for a while now. I meant Lethal to, Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. Not Lethal Weapon 2. Not yet. I'm saving that for the 250th episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, just pencil that in. I meant to actually do this film a couple of months ago when Scandal went off. Oh. Because I am a huge Kerry Washington fan. Really? And I've been a Kerry Washington fan for almost two decades and and it started Has she been around anymore? well this it started with um my 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 affection for Kerry Washington started with this film it was a oh. little film from two thousand and one I think I know what you called mean. lift that's not what I thought you were going so on. it's Kerry Washington uh Lynette McKee, you know one of my my other favorites, so we're going to do a little film called lift. Okay. A little film called Lift. All right. Next week. I'm I'm interested in checking. You thought out. I was going to pick She Hate Me? No. Would you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to pick. I think I love my wife. No. What? Would you think I was going to pick? Last King of Scotland. You know what? I've not seen The Last King of Scotland. It's a it's a movie. Okay. And she's in it. All right. But no, I've chosen Lift from 2001. Thank you. Because after Minutes to Society, I don't want to see that Last King of Scotland. Okay, well, well, well we won't. <laughs> <laughs> I like Last King of Scotland. Right. I don't, I don't no, 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 no. Um, so Lyft. All right, I'm looking forward to it. All right. I, I think I've heard of it. I'm pretty sure I've never seen it. Yeah. So. Looking forward to that. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Because there ain't no more. Nice. But come back next week. Yes. He's Vince, I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>